Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, my friends. I am so thankful for the series we've been doing and for the journey we've been on together. If you didn't know, we are currently in the middle of season seven in our LGBTQ plus and the church series. And wow, you guys, you have shown up and I am so grateful. Here is something someone recently said to me personally. Kate, I've had many conversations with multiple individuals who have felt so disconnected from the church because oftentimes people don't know how to love people well and engage in tough conversations like this. You're doing great kingdom work. Wow, you guys, I have honestly been so thankful by so many of the responses from the series, and I want to keep encouraging you. Listen with an open mind and heart. Invite the Holy Spirit in to do lasting change in your mind and soul. We have to lead with humility when it comes to things we don't understand. Last week on the podcast, we heard from Lori Krieg, who is in a mixed orientation marriage. She is attracted to women, but she is married to a man because God actually gave her attraction to one man, her husband, Matt. This week, we are flipping the coin and talking to the incredible Preston Perry, who married the amazing Jackie Hill Perry. We go into the depths of what it was like to date someone who was same-sex attracted for Preston and how his story with Jackie unfolded. Here's the deal, you guys. Likely, if your church is about a thousand people, there's probably at least a hundred people in your church wrestling with their gender or sexual identity. So with that math, I'd say that there's at least a 10% chance that you may date someone who has or currently does struggle with same-sex attraction. Now, before we get into the, all the goodness with Preston Perry today, I want to share with you about a huge heart of dating announcement. Ooh la la. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? My friends, it is here. Our new Drop the Hanky 2.0 program is live. What is Drop the Hanky? Well, if you're not familiar with this term, it's an old Victorian phrase used to describe when women would drop their hanky at an event like a ball or a dance to catch the eye of a young eligible gentleman. If the gentleman picked up her hanky, a connection could be made. Now, while it may not be the Victorian era anymore, girls can still make it known to a guy that they like them, okay? Dropping the hanky means a girl gives a guy that she likes a green light by sending the first message to spark curiosity. So what does that have to do with my program? Well, in the fall of 2019, I tested out something fun on Instagram where I'd post videos of single dudes on my stories and connect single women to them. This sparked an idea. What if we could develop an in-house program for people to meet Christians in a new way? So we decided to get Christian men to submit videos that women would have access to viewing. This video element was a brand new spin that was more personal and compelling in the dating world. We grew way more than we anticipated in Drop the Hanky within our first year of launching the program. And within that year, we saw dozens of couples get together and date. It's been a year since our program first came out 
and we decided to rethink our approach to Drop the Hanky. We listened to all the feedback and thought through how we could really help men and women beyond their initial connection. With a ton of brainstorming, prayer, and listening to all of you guys, we decided to move Drop the Hanky from a dating platform into a dating program. We want both men and women to not only have a new way to meet stellar Christian singles, but we also want to give them resources to grow in their dating life and actually enjoy the season. Now you're probably wondering, okay, Kate, that sounds cool, but before I sign up and apply for this, what are the perks of the brand new program? Well, if you are a dude, you're going to be able to meet hundreds of stellar Christian single women. You're going to have to record a video of yourself, but we've made it incredibly easy with our in-house video coach that will help you record your video on the spot under 15 minutes. You can go to heartofdating.com forward slash DTH dash guys. Now, let me speak to the ladies for a moment. Ladies, as a member of Drop the Hanky 2.0, you're going to receive monthly drops of new amazing single Christian men, new ways to search and filter through the guys, making the user experience that much more seamless, and access to our exclusive Drop the Hanky app launching this summer to watch videos of the guys and connect with them directly from our app to Instagram itself. But you know what? There's actually more than just meeting men. While meeting men and dating in a new way is a big part of the program, we didn't want to stop there. We will now be focusing on four pillars within the Drop the Hanky 2.0 program. First, meeting men. Second, practical dating advice. Third, personal growth. And fourth, community. If you're a woman, our new program will not only focus on bringing you quality men monthly, it will also help you to live your best single life, give you tools to navigate mental health, help you find community with other women. And we will even provide exclusive access to special events like speed dating, mingling, matchmaking, girls nights, and more. We will be doing open registration a few times a year and applications are live right now. You can go to heartofdating.com forward slash DTH dash girls. And in that website, you'll be able to apply right here, right now. Or if you're listening to this and it's after applications, you can sign up for the wait list. So you'll be the first to know about when the next Drop the Hanky open registration happens. Okay, y'all, that was a huge announcement. But seriously, I am so excited about it. And I really, really hope you'll join our Drop the Hanky brand new 2.0 program. All right, now let's get into the goodness today as we talk about dating someone who is same-sex attracted. Preston Perry is a poet, performance artist, teacher, and apologist from Chicago. By the grace of God, Preston has become a formidable communicator of the gospel. His love for people inspires him to pair transparency and vulnerability with his creativity in a way that promotes freedom. Preston pursues engagement with people from various faith backgrounds. He has a palpable passion for God's word and stands on biblical truth amid his study of other religions. Preston's writing and teaching has been featured on ministry platforms like the Gospel Coalition, Desiring God, The Poets in Autumn Tour, and Legacy Disciple. In 2017, Preston founded Bold TV and Bold Apparel as avenues to engage the public in theological discourse. Though Preston shares God's desires for humanity publicly, he considers his family his primary ministry. Preston resides in Atlanta with his wife, Jackie, and their three beautiful daughters, and now soon-to-be son. 
All right, y'all, it is such a fiery, wisdom, gospel-filled conversation day with Preston Perry, and I just know you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Preston. Heyo, we are welcoming Preston Perry to the podcast today. Hey, Preston, how's it going? Hey. Hey, Kate, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I just told you I just moved and there I found out that my neighbor has a rooster. So if anybody <laughs> hears this random rooster, I'm going to figure this out, y'all. But uh, <laughs> apparently I have well, a, a neighbor well, that, with well, a rooster. Look on the bright side, you, you, can, you can get rid of your alarm clock now. You don't, you don't <laughs> <Right>? need it. <laughs> no, it's super loud in the morning, I realize. But then as the day goes on, it like doesn't call out at all. It's really funny. But hey, I am <laughs> I am so happy to have you on and really pumped to connect with you and for people who are just like getting to know who you are and all the amazing epic things that you were up to. Would you just share a little bit about who you are, what you're all about and all that for everyone? Yeah, man, my name is Preston Perry. Um I'm a guy who <laughs> loves the Lord. Uh, <laughs> I got saved in 2006 and um yeah, Came from, you know, the inner city, Chicago, and God saved my heart and redeemed me and called me to himself. And um, I loved art. And um, shortly after that, I fell in love with theology. Um, and so one of my the things that I love to do is, uh, is an attempt to marry the two. And so I started to do spoken word poetry. Uh, I mainly hit the scene doing spoken word poetry around 2008 and around 2009, 2010. I met my beautiful wife, Jackie Hill Perry, where we met at an event. Um, in California, both doing spoken word poetry. Actually, that day was like the first day, you know, our poems was kind of introduced to the world. Uh, and then, you know, later on, uh, you know, the Lord told me to pursue that young lady. <laughs> and uh, we got married and had kids and uh, I got into apologetics. And so, you know, a lot of my background is uh, helping people to engage with different worldviews um, that don't look and think like them uh, with gentleness and respect, like first we did tells us to, but also engage in the world with, um, with culture and art. And um, yeah, and so that's a little bit about me. I'm just a guy who loves the Lord. We have three children, Eden, Autumn, and Sage, uh, our baby. And um, yeah, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. I, I love it. By the way, I've been like really wanting to come out to Atlanta because my friends Sam and Tony Collier are out there and a bunch of other people. And I'm like, Atlanta is popping right now. I need to get out to Atlanta. <laughs> it's like where it's yeah. at. I've never been, yeah. only to the airport. What is happening? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool little city. It's developing and, um, you know, it's growing yeah. um, tremendously. Um, and so, yeah, it's a cool little city, man. Um, it's a city of pockets. You find the right pocket, you might, you might love it. You find the wrong pocket, you might hate it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's just like LA too. I mean, yeah. that's where I currently yeah. just lived. It's, it's same thing in LA. You got to find your pocket. Certain pockets mm -hmm. you're not going to like at all, <laughs> you know. And so other Absolutely. pockets you're like, this is my jam. I love it. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, as one does before an interview, I got to be honest up front that I have been preparing for this interview, Preston. I've done some, what I would say, acceptable stalking and listened to um, a bunch of podcasts that you and Jackie Hill Perry, your wife, have done together and listened to some other things you've spoken about. And 
And today we're going to be diving into the conversation of kind of what does it look like to date someone who is same-sex attracted? And I know that's a part of your story um, with Jackie and that you've also, within that, I heard you on a podcast say that one question you get asked quite frequently, and this is where I kind of want to start our conversation today, is like, how did you feel about Jackie's sexual past and specifically her past? Because part of her past was being gay and being in homosexual relationships. And so how did you feel when you first met her um, and knowing that that was a part of her story? And what did that look like? I know your story is unique because you guys, you knew her for a few years before you even had the prompting to start pursuing her romantically. But I'm just so curious because I think this is going to help people people in our community as we dive further into these conversations about the LGBTQ conversation and community. What what does that look like? Like what came up for you or why do you think so many people in the Christian world stumble, you know, or stop or pause when they're like, wait a second, you that's your past? Are you wait, what? Yeah, you yeah. know, like cuz Yeah. Yeah, so would love to yeah. open it up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. So I met Jackie in 2010. Um, at an event called the Lyricist Lounge in LA. It was a very popular, very, very popular event at the time. Uh, I think it generated the most views and like some of the most views in the Christian world at that, at that particular time on YouTube. And uh, it was a it was a ministry that she was a part of that I came out there to be a part of this event. And in this ministry, they had something called the X ministry. And so they would walk around and it would be like X lesbian, X diva, X fornicator, X you know, porn addict or whatever. And so I think this ministry that I was introduced to her at did a very good job of not highlighting one scene over the other, like not, not treating like homosexuality as if it wasn't just, um, I like to use the analogy once one scene on the one branch on the century, you know, and I think, I think a lot of times that's what we do um, as Christians. We look at homosexuality um, as if it's not, um, one branch on the century. We we right. we, we kind of tend to treat it like the whole tree. <laughs> yeah, and, we're uh, like that's its own tree, and that tree yeah. is worse than these other trees. For yeah, it's yeah. true. Like seriously, yeah, it's like no, yeah, it's just you know, like like, and so um, yeah, and so I, I met Jackie then, and you know, to me, to be honest with you. Uh, she was such a phenomenal woman. You know, her past was not the only thing that stood out to me. Um, her her dedication to scripture, her talent, her her giftings, the way she communicated, the way she did a poem. She wasn't preaching at that at this time. This was eleven years ago, uh, way before she stopped preaching. But um, you know, she she the way she delivered her her her, her poems was such. Uh, conviction and zeal and so yeah man like I, I became friends with her and we was not romantically attracted to one another in that way I thought she was a beautiful girl but I thought a lot of girls were beautiful back then yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know um, but yeah we were friends for three years mm. and um, I tell people all the time when I felt like the Lord called me to pursue her I don't know if it was a mixture of me being friends with her for three years or me, or or in a, a mixture of that, and also like me not never really highlighting homosexual sin other than over other sins, but it was just I think I think the main thing though was I knew Jackie, 
Like I think sometimes it might be different for somebody, somebody to meet someone who is same sex attracted. You date for a couple of months and then you find out that same sex attracted, or you meet them for a short period of time and then they reveal to you. But for us, we 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 had developed such a good friendship that I that I I was more confident in who she was and who she showed me to be, not her past. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. But what's so interesting is like I think that. I'm I'm just imagining and even trying to translate into my own life and situations that have happened where for whatever reason, if somebody reveals like, hey, I'm same sex attracted or I've str- struggled with that my whole life or I'm, I'm, you know, this is something I'm minorly struggling with a little bit. I just want to let you know, like, it's almost like <laughs> there's a freak out for straight Christians. We're like, <gasps> wait, what? Like, that's something I yeah. don't understand. Like that, I don't, yeah. uh, that feels really foreign. Like this feels like an alien object. Like what? Like it, we can't yeah. understand it. And therefore we see it as somehow worse. And something that you brought up, I heard that you and you and Jackie talking about this and I thought it was so good. It's almost like we see heterosexual sin and heterosexual sexual sin as natural. Okay, you are dating, you're both single and or you're both straight and you're dating and therefore and you mess up and like, oh, but there's, you know, grace that covers a multitude of sins for that. But if you are struggling with being same sex attracted and maybe even previously were gay and in a homosexual relationship, oh my gosh, well that is like so much worse, right? Like mean, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, Kate. Yeah, that's that's really good. And 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 you know what I think it is? I think a lot of times Christians don't understand that we set the president for even how a lot of the LGBT community thinks, right? About these things, right? Because I think that we exalt sins so much in the Christian community, I think at times, and we 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 communicate to to the world that this sin is way more problematic than heterosexual sin. And I think that's one of the the, the yeah. biggest problems I think that we have with the LGBTQ community. And I love the fact that you brought up the the word natural because I think when we start to just truly realize how unnatural heterosexual sin is, I think that we'll have more grace for homosexual sin. Mm. You know, because my cousin Dominique Perry, she is a chemical lab scientist. And not to do TMI too much information, but <laughs> one of her one of her job descriptions or one of her jobs is to look at uh, the general areas of, you know, um people. Uh, like the, the bacteria and whatever. Yeah. Uh, follow me. I'm, I'm not going down a rabbit trail. Uh, no, I love it. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm in. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was sitting, I was sitting down and I was listening to her one day and she was just saying how when a lot of people volunteer to be, ex, you know, examined at the lab or whatever, uh, we, 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 it's the first thing we do, we, we check people for sexually transmitted diseases or um, sexually um, transmitted infections and she said a lot of times they don't, but they're down that down there, that area starts to act funny when they've had too many sexual partners. And I said, why is that so? She said, because the body was not created wow. for multiple sexual partners. Wow. And I, that something clicked to me then, you know? Yes. And the reason why is because we were not created. Man just wasn't created for women. Man, every man was created to be with one woman. <laughs> right. Wow. And so anytime a man is having sex with multiple partners, right, 
fornication. That's not his wife. That is also a perversion of God's original design and original intent, which is perversion, right? And so, so we have to we have to start seeing heterosexual sin in some way. It is not it is not it is not unique like homosexual sin. It's it's not the same way. But in a lot of ways, it still is unnatural, right? And so when people come to me and say, well, how can you be with somebody who has same-sex attraction? Well, how can Jackie be with somebody who had multiple sexual partners? Yeah, there you go. That's what I love to right? bring up. Yes. Right. Yes. Who did, who, 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 like, how, how, how is she to know that I've changed? Yeah. Right. And I, I think that, I think that we exalt it in a way that's unhealthy, right? At the end of the day, you either believe what God has done in somebody's heart or you don't. Simple, right? I don't believe in Jackie's ability to keep herself. I believe in the God who keeps her. And you know what? She believes in the same God for me. Yeah. And so that's how we function. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is so good. I think that we need to stop putting certain sins on such a pedestal because even when it comes to LGBT issue, as I've had all these conversations, I'm like, we really treat this as like some sort of foreign thing that we just don't understand. And therefore we want to excommunicate it and make it seem that much worse and just like throw splatter paint on it or whatever. We just are like, uh, we don't understand it. And we're just going to treat it as really bad. But I'm like, but you also don't, the point is that you don't get it because you're not going through it. So what it, what would it look like to seek to understand what somebody has been going through versus just assume that, oh my gosh, that's so terrible and disgusting and horrible. And so against God's will, because it's something that you don't understand, you know, does that make sense? Like we, I just think there's so much space to be able to have compassion and seek to understand the things that we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was uh, last year. I went hunting. Um, some people, some of you, your, your listeners might know this guy. His name's Ray Orland. He's, <laughs> in my opinion, he's a giant in the faith. He's yeah. one of the guys who wrote like the ESV Bible, um, um, ESV version of the Bible. Like he's a great guy. And I was out. I was out hunting with him um, last year, and he said something that that blew my mind away. He said, "You know who my best neighbors are?" And I said, "Who?" And he said, um, uh, "This gay couple that lives across the street." Now he has the same worldview as me. He has the same biblical beliefs as I do, but he was like the LGBT community understands togetherness in a way that a lot of Christians don't. Wow! And he also said that I've learned way more about just to be human. I still don't believe that homosexual sin is right, and I don't believe it as biblical. But he was like, they they just taught me how to be human in the sense of just being compassionate. And just thoughtful, you know, and he was like, and when I come to them, I learn so much about their struggles. And I don't I, I pray for them like I pray for my unsaved loved ones who don't struggle with this. And, and so he's he hasn't he hasn't accepted the sin, but he hasn't he hasn't exalted their sin either. And I think I think that was able to happen because he was able to just be a human made in the image of God. And to be a neighbor and to be a friend and his neighbors know where he stands. And he knows where his neighbors stand, but he can still bring them a cup of water or he can still, when he makes a casserole, he still splits the casserole and brings it over to their house. You know, he treats them like people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think that we yeah. do a bad job of humanizing people. Oh man, that's it. That's it. That just him humanizing his friends and his neighbors 
And our, we just have that, we have a lack of being able to do that is what I've seen. And so I, I also want to, I guess, transition to talking about something you, you said earlier about your relationship with Jackie, that you guys were friends for a few years before you ever engaged in anything romantically. And I think that one thing that's so interesting there is that you had, you had a lot of time to build up the other parts, the other buckets of like intimacy of friendship, right? So like friendship, emotional connection, spiritual connection, different things. And therefore the last thing was really that sexual or physical piece, that, that, that kind of the bucket. And I'd love to know about how you were able to really see all the, those buckets of intimacy, the emotional, spiritual versus just focusing on the sexual, which oftentimes we do in relationship, which makes us not want to be with someone. Oh, they have that kind of a past. I don't think I can get over that. I don't know what it would look like marrying them. What would sex even look like? So I'm just going to eliminate them because that's because we put such an emphasis on that specific intimacy bucket. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I did see all of those buckets. So before I even get there, I think I first have to say that it, I think it starts with God. I think it starts with my belief in God. Like, like a lot of times, Kate, I, I think it is not our lack of ability to believe in what somebody has uh, come out of. It is our inability to believe what God can do. Like it's it's a it's a faith thing in God, right? It's it's wow. you know yeah. it's like do yeah. you do you believe God or you don't? And believing in God does not only mean believing in God for your own life, but for others. And so. You know, I think it's it's a it's a mixture of me being able to see for three years. This woman, you know, I remember I tell people this story all the time. Um, this was like the second year me and Jackie were friends. After the third year is when I pursued her, going almost going into the fourth year of knowing her. And uh, we were at the Gay Pride Parade downtown Chicago. We did an event. Uh, we used to do events all around the Midwest, doing poetry at this time. This event booked us doing the Gay Pride Parade. And I remember um, when I first started liking Jackie, after the event, we went outside to the gay proper parade, and she began to do a poem called My Life is a Stud. It was her first Christian poem um, that she has on YouTube about how the Lord delivered her out of the life, home, lifestyle of homosexuality. And we were on the, on the corner, and I'm, a, I'm an evangelist too. So I, did, I, I, do, I do and I have done, especially in the past, a lot of street evangelism. So going out, and so that was kind of like a, you know, um, down my down my alley, right? And so um, Jackie, she is an introverted person. Jackie is way more comfortable with being on the stage than just talking to people on the street. <laughs> That's just not her thing. But <laughs> yeah. at this time, especially the Lord, she had been saved a couple of years at this time. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit was just on this woman's heart so much that she began to just do this poem, this little tiny girl <laughs> on the corner <laughs> doing her poem with like tears, like, like teary-eyed it um, because she had a desire to see people in the lifestyle come to know Jesus. She just had a heart and a compassion. And I remember just being in awe of her, her bravery, her boldness at that time, her zeal. Uh, it was just so evident and so apparent that God had changed this woman's heart. And so we went back into church afterwards because <laughs> believe it or not, they started shooting out there. Um, oh my God. it was, it was, wow. a, it was, a, it, was a, it was a crazy eventful day. Me and Jackie talked wow. about this day a lot. 
we went inside or whatever. And then, you know, I'm looking for her in the church. The church is empty because a lot of people had left. And um, she's in the back of the church just praying and weeping her eyes out for the loss. And so that was the first day I was like, yo, I think I like this girl. <laughs> like, it was bad. <laughs> It was not honestly, yes. it was it was that that made me that day I started to like grow in a, uh, an attraction and I think that God started to do a work in my heart for her. But yeah, I was able to see that and I think God confirmed a lot of things that I believe just you know, and so I think it, don't just do it when somebody is same sex attracted. Do it I, I recommend, you know, this is in Bible, but I recommend it for everybody. To get to know yes. everybody <laughs> that you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Because, yes. you know, like if you marry somebody because they're not same-sex attracted, it might be some other stuff in their past that might cause you way more heartache, <laughs> yes. you know? Yes. Like, like so you know, I, 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 I'm telling you, if I would have married one of my exes, I'm not, I'm not bashing them, but I believe they would have caused me way more heartache <laughs> than, than than Jackie will ever do. Word, yes. You know, and I so just like get you. the chance to know who God has created the person. Because another thing is who God has, it's a difference, right? In somebody being saved, and but somebody who is continually being sanctified. And so the person that you marry, the person that you meet, they're not going to be the same person in the next five years, right? They're not going to be the same person in the next 10 years. We're all becoming something. Yeah. 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 And so God is, God, God was sanctifying her then and he's sanctifying her now. And she's so, she's way more softer. If that's even, even the, you know, word, like a thing, like she's, she's, she's grown. She's, you know, she's matured and she's an amazing woman, wife, mother, you know? And so our past, our past doesn't define us. Christ does. All right, y'all. If there is one thing that I have learned during this COVID season, it is the importance of knowing how to cook at home yummy and delicious meals. I actually got really super into making some really good recipes in COVID, such as beef bourguignon and getting my Julia Child sense of self out. And then I also even learned how to make a really yummy hearty steak. But here's the key that I learned while making delicious homemade meals. You have to have the right kitchen tools. So that's where I want to introduce you to today's episode sponsor, Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without all of the markup. I love that their cookware distributes heat evenly and can even go easily from the stovetop into the oven. Also, I used to only have really terrible knives, but man, did my life change when I got some chef's knives. You guys, these knives that they have are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and they stay sharp. And don't even just take it from me. They have over 28,000 five-star reviews. Their products are used by some of the best chefs at Michelin star restaurants around the world. Right now, Maiden is offering our Heart of Dating listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code KATE. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products, you guys. Go to madeincookware.com slash KATE and use promo code KATE for 15% off your first order. 
May also add, this is a really incredible gift to give somebody for a wedding or for a birthday or whatever comes up. I love Made in Cookware as a gift. So you can go to madeincookware.com slash Kate and use promo code Kate for 15% off your first order. All right, friends. So as a woman who's actually been abused and taken advantage of in the past, coupled with also being a woman who has lived in bigger cities, I always want to make sure that I feel safe wherever I go. Even now in Los Angeles, when I walk around my neighborhood, when I go run errands or venturing out into new areas of LA, I just always want to make sure that I feel safe. So I discovered this incredible brand made by women that is absolutely amazing. It's called Birdie. Birdie is a personal safety alarm that is easy to carry and simple to use. Seriously, I tried it and I love using it. It's so easy to use, you guys. When activated, the alarm will emit a loud siren and flashing light to help deter an attack. Birdie is no danger to you, so you can feel confident using it. And as a bonus, it comes in fun colors, so you'll actually want to carry it. I actually got a few to give to some of my friends because they make phenomenal gifts. With Birdie, you can keep doing what you love with added peace of mind. Before you leave the house, you do the checklist for your phone, your keys, and your wallet. And now it's time to add one more thing before you walk out the door. Birdie is the newest essential addition to your routine. Sometimes it's hard not to worry about the what ifs of life. What if I don't make it in time? What if I mess up? What if I feel like I'm in danger? If you don't want to worry when it comes to your safety, especially as a woman, you need Birdie. So how do you get it? You can visit She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash heart. And by doing that, you'll get 15% off. That's She's Birdie dot com slash heart to get 15% off your order. I could not recommend it more, you guys. Please go check it out if you want to feel safe in your routine. I just love my birdie, and I'm going to be giving them away to so many of my friends from here on out. Well, I love that it's like you're able to see the character of her heart and like basically the God image reflecting in her, how Jesus is showing up. The Jesus in her is what ultimately attracted you to her in more of a romantic way. And and I say this to people um, just within the last three years since starting this ministry, like, hey, if you're eliminating somebody off the bat just because you see them and you're like, I don't want to make out with that person, it's a no. Because it's based on the physical attraction, whether or not they're same-sex attracted or not. It comes like this This thing is very important because I think that people are eliminating tons of people just based on this one element of physical attraction and what they in their mind are wanking them to be, whatever. And therefore, they're missing on the opportunity of getting to know the God image within someone and what God can can do in those situations. And so a few years ago, five years ago, I threw away my quote unquote type because my type was also just to be frank, not leading me in very good directions. I didn't have very many healthy relationships at that point in time. And I challenged myself to just date the unexpected and allow God to do the unexpected. And I started dating all different kinds of people that looked all different ways and had different kinds of past and had different jobs and all the things. And what was so fascinating was just being able to realize how God surprised me in so many ways of getting rid of those things and just real uh, those expectations, I guess, or those precursors that I was normally going by in the past. And instead, 
really seek out the heart of the person, um, seeking out the Jesus within them, getting to know their story. And even at the end of the day, you don't have to marry that person. It could just be this turns into a beautiful opportunity for you guys to both grow and learn one another and maybe even just become friends. But I think that focusing less on just that physical or sexual bucket, you know, that often makes us say no to somebody could bring about so many beautiful relationships in our life, whether it turns into a romantic one or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's so, so true. I, I want to bring in too here that it kind of, this is now touching on at the end of the day, I find that dating is an evaluation of figuring out if, is this person going to assist me and come alongside it? Is they, are they the best person to come alongside of me to glorify God and to carry out the God mission? I believe in my, that's here in my heart on earth. Is this the person that's going to do that? And I think that oftentimes when we just you know, we, let's say it's a single person and they're dating someone and that person's like, Hey, I've struggled being same sex attracted, or I was gay in my past. I think that we need to look at this question versus so focusing on their past. So can you bring a little bit of light and shed a little bit of light about how, when this light bulb went off for you, you started recognizing that there were so many things in Jackie that made for the best kind of partnership for you, which is what ended with you guys getting married. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, man. It was, it was, it was like a um, <laughs> an epiphany I had. It was crazy. It was like the Lord. <laughs> what happened was um, I had begun to start start to pray for a wife. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot. My, that was my prayer. I was like, Lord, mm-hmm. send me a wife, and because. One of the reasons why is because I, you know, I had grew, you know, a pretty, you know, good like name for myself in Chicago, especially like in the Christian poetry scene and speaking and stuff like that. And it was always women around, and it was temptation around. I want to remain holy and pure, and you know, and I, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I wanted a wife because you know I didn't want to be lonely and I wanted kids and I was just like, but it was just hard. And it was uh, it was very hard for me to like, like hear from the Lord, like, Lord, how do I know who my wife is? Like, you know, uh, it's a lot of, you know, young ladies around who I was interested in. It was interested in me and <laughs> that looked like wife and material. But how do I know? And I, I was in this relationship. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't God honoring in a lot of ways. And so I stepped away from this relationship and I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this is if this woman is my wife. Show me if it's not if she's not please show me that she's not my wife or whatever. So I told her, I said, can we just take a break so I can just seek God? And when I'm around, it's kind of hard for me to seek him when you're around because you're pretty and uh, I like being around <laughs> you and stuff like that. Uh, so let me just seek the Lord by myself. And um, she respected that. And uh, I just, I like, I, I, I felt like the Lord was answering my prayer with her about how much I did not miss her when she wasn't around. Like it just, wow. it just yeah. wasn't, you know, she's a great girl, but it was, it was just like, I didn't, you know, I was like, why does it, you know, I, I feel more godly when I'm not around her. I feel more connected with the Lord when I'm not around her. But then um, shortly after the Lord just kept putting Jackie on my heart and I was sitting in the bed one day and me and Jackie used to tell each other all the time. I, when we talk on the phone, like, I love you. I love you too. Like we used to say that a lot, but not like in a romantic way, just friends. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was sitting in my bed one day and I was like, everything that I pray for, I think Jackie has. 
Like I thought, I, I prayed for a woman who loves theology, like really loves theology. She loved theology. I prayed for a woman who loved art. She loved art. I prayed for a woman who loved my poetry. Not only did she love my poetry, she's a better poet than me. Uh, <laughs> I, I prayed for a woman who had natural hair. I like that. She had natural hair. I prayed for a woman that can cook, and I didn't even know that she can cook at the time. She didn't. She didn't cook, but she knew I cook. <laughs> I prayed for all. Of, I prayed for all of these things. I prayed for a woman who who uh, trusted in my mission, uh, who believed in like all the things that I prayed for. Jackie had. And I was sitting in my bed one day and I was like, man, like, do you like her? I know people like accuse you of liking her in the past, but do you like her? And then I had to just like, I had to like really just assess my own heart and say, man, like you love Jackie and, and not even in like a like, like this romantic type of way, like in a genuine, like you, you enjoy her company, you honor her character you yeah you just appreciate her as a person like you just love her like I just I really can't explain it and so uh I just was like man like I think and so like over a course the course of the uh, over the, over a course of month like uh a month um time time frame random people started to come to me <laughs> and tell me that they think Jackie is my wife and it was oh my god! It was it was <laughs> it was crazy because uh, I knew what I felt like the Lord was showing me, but I would never tell them. And so it was this girl. She liked me. <laughs> she literally liked me. Like, and she was a pretty girl, but she was a golly girl. And she was in my circle of friends. And she, I, I knew she liked me because somebody told me, but she never told me. And so she <laughs> asked to meet with me downtown Chicago, and she said, Preston. I have liked you for like six, seven months. And she said, but I know that you're not my husband. I pray for you. And when I pray for you, I keep seeing Jackie as your wife. She like, <laughs> oh she, she literally told me that. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, and so like, she was the first person I told, she's the first person I told that uh, I feel like Jackie is my wife. She was like, yes, I've been praying, yada, yada, yada. And like, and so like, I, I had to just come to the realization, like, no, like, God wants me to pursue Jackie. And when I did, it was just, God, you know, Jackie told me, yeah, I've been liking you for a year, but I haven't told you. I'm like, what? I didn't even know that. And so that's kind of how it it happened. (laughs) So yeah, man, like I just, all the things that I prayed for, everything that I wanted in a wife, Jackie had, it was just, it was just, it was just too exact not to be God, you know, for me. Yeah. I love that. I, I've heard you tell this before. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Okay. So something else that I want to bring up here too is you have this epiphany. Okay. And now you're like, okay, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to start pursuing her. I can still imagine, even though you had this epiphany and this was on your heart, that potentially there were still fears um, and fears, whether it's relationship fears or fears specifically that came up with, you know, she was previously a lesbian and what does that mean? And all of that. And maybe you had a lot of those fears or maybe other people impose some of those fears onto you. Like, Hey, aren't you worried about this? (laughs) You know, but can you like open up some of those that may have come up while you guys were actually dating (laughs) like fears because of what, her past used to look like or her attraction being previously to women, you know? So yeah. What are, what are some of those fears, whether you had or that people put on you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I had, you know, guy friends to tell me, you know, how, you know, she's not going to still be yada, yada, this. And, 
I've, I've had people who tell me, you know, she's too, you know, dominant of a personality. You have a dominant personality. You guys are not going to work. And a lot of my guy friends told me that because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't handle a strong woman. It's like, eh, don't, don't put your own <laughs> feelings on me. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think well, as we do though, we're like, oh, this is my fear. Let me impose it onto you. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, like, we're no, all I, wired differently, bro. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think it's a, a mixture of a couple of things. I think one, God has made me a certain way. And so I'm an Enneagram eight, which I'm a challenger and I don't back yes. down. I don't, <laughs> I don't back down from, from, from things that are hard. And so, uh, when me and Jackie, the first time me and Jackie went out of town together, we, uh, somebody, uh, we were, we were friends, but we were dating and we weren't even engaged yet. And, uh, I tell the story about how we went to Trinidad and she just got so afraid, um, and she was just like, I don't know why I'm with you. I don't know why I'm stop, still not with women. But I knew, I knew that she loved me. But I, I saw her struggling. And my personality is not the type that will run away from something I feel like it's hard. If, if, if the, I think the only thing that yeah, you're like, let's let's conquer this. <laughs> yeah, let's let's conquer this. I think the only thing that will make me question should I, you know, break it off with her. Is if I was convinced that she didn't love me, which I knew she did. And so I'm not going to allow her struggle to run me off as if I don't have struggles. Yeah. You know, it's going to be times, mm. you know, I, and, and I used to tell her that, you know, when we were dating, it's going to be times, man, I think about my exes. It's going to be times where I'm like, man, I don't know if I can be with one woman when I've had multiple sexual sex partners in my life. Yes. It's going to be times where I struggle as well. And she has to have the same grace for me, but I'm not going to run away from it. If I if I know that God has called me to you, and I know that you love me and I love you, let's 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 work at it. And so, um, you know, I I don't put it all on her. Like my like I I, I knew I, it wasn't just the Lord; it was God sending biblical strong men to disciple me, to challenge me, and it was like Jackie's fear. A lot of that will be erased with your love the way you love her. And so I knew that when she struggles, not to not to shrink or draw back, but to love her more. Right? And that that's what God does with us. Right? Isn't isn't that what God does with us? It's like it's, yeah. He doesn't yep. he doesn't he doesn't shrink sure. back. He doesn't run away, you know. It's, yeah. it's been times where I when I when I became a Christian, I wanted to walk away from the Lord. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it was his, yeah. <laughs> it was his love that that continued to pursue me, that continued that continued to drew me to draw me in, that continued to, you know, be steadfast in my life. And I was like, yeah, I can't walk away from this. And so, you know, I I, I had to model Christ to Jackie in that way, uh, you know, because her, you know, I had to I had to I had to I had to come to the realization that that Jackie's past cannot be stronger than my love for her. Mm. Like my wow. love has wow. to be stronger. And my love is stronger than her past. I don't care where you come from. Your past isn't stronger than how much I can love you. Like, and, and vice versa. And so, like, you know, and so so she knows that she has a man that's not going to run away as soon as she starts to struggle with her past. Even now, even in marriage, she struggled with her past. Yeah, yeah. I'm not totally. gonna I'm not gonna run away. And so um yeah, and I think lastly, it's just understanding why someone struggles. I think that we see a struggle, but we don't even understand the root of the struggle, you know? And we don't have a firm foundation of the root of the struggle. And so 
and that's why we that's why we're so easy to you know run away you know and so we we've been to therapy and I recommend people go to therapy you know to really yes. get to the root yep uh yeah you know of <laughs> uh, why you know why do you feel like you feel you know, me and Jackie had the rest of those things like why do you feel safer with women than you do with men Oh, it goes back to your trauma. It goes back to your molestation. It goes back to these things, okay? How can I love you in a way that would destroy some of these lies in your mind, in your heart about men? How can I How yes. can I be intentional? We have to work through these things, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but yeah. No, I mean, and it's so beautiful. And, and one other item that I want to just pick up on that you brought up too is I think in this process of dating, but especially dating... I mean, I don't, I don't even want to just focus on dating somebody who was, was previously gay or struggling with same sex attraction. It's anybody with any sort of past that is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. I think that we need to have discipleship in our life because you mentioned, I heard you talking about this before that, that, that kind of discipleship changes the game when you are dating as well and discerning who's good to be dating or who is the person I should really invest in and be pursuing because, you know, we, we could go for a lot of things that we may like or seem good on paper or whatever, or seem good in our little bubble, but without true discipleship challenging us and some of these elements that you just brought up, I think that it will be, it might, it will be hard for us, or it often is hard for us to really discern if this is somebody we should continue to pursue. So would you just briefly talk about how the discipleship for you changed over the years and also helped within your relationship with pursuing Jackie? Yeah. Discipleship is, is so important. I think it's vital for the Christian life. I don't think that it's something that, um, that, you know, we should just look at as like having an option. I think that God has given us a body and a community for a reason. And a lot of people in the body are way more mature spiritually, you know, emotionally, um, than us. Um, they can help us and force us to see things from a different perspective when we want to quit. I broke up with Jackie uh, twice when we were dating. And each oh time gosh. I had my, my pastor, my pastor, Brian Dow, I got the guy who married us challenging me. Like, I believe that Jackie is, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be Holy Spirit, but I believe like what you're walking away from is the very thing that God is using to sanctify, to try to help to sanctify you. Stick in there. Jackie, like, you know, Jackie, if she didn't love you, she would have been out a long time ago. <laughs> like, you you know, yeah. you know. And so just reminding me of those things, pointing me back to scripture, reminding me how God has never left me, reminding me how how many times I wanted to walk away from the Christian faith, reminding me of how much I wanted to walk away from God when things got hard, but reminding me how God in his, in his, in his love and his grace has kept me has loved me, has, has drew me back in with his love. Like he, he reminded me of all the, all, all of those things. And, um, the last time I broke up with Jackie, it was hard. It was so hard because it's just like, it wasn't because of her sexual sin. It's just because she, her, like, like my pursuit of her was, 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 you know, scary for her. You know, um, men have, have abused her has taken advantage of her. She never saw any good examples. And so so opening her heart to a man was terrifying to her. So sometimes she would treat me bad (laughs) and like, you know, and I would like, you know, for for over a year, well, almost two years, I pursued her and loved her and, you know, and showed her that I wasn't going to leave and, you know, was patient. And I was just like, man, you know, I broke up, I broke up with her. And, uh, 
we wasn't talking and the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, laid it on my heart. And I thought we were done. She thought we were, she thought we were done. She, you know, like it was, it was bad. Um, that, you know, the argument that we got in and the Lord laid it on my heart after I talked to my discipler, my, the guy who was discipling me just to text her. I didn't know where it was going to go. Let the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart just to text her. I love you. I just text her. I love you. And then she said, I love you too. Can you come over and talk? And then when I came over and talked, Remember, I told you a little earlier that I didn't know Jackie cooked. She had a whole yes. meal. She had a whole meal waiting for me that she cooked oh for me. Oh my gosh! I was like, <laughs> "What in the world is this?" And we talked, and she was first, she cried, and she was just like, "I'm just scared." Yada yada yada. And then I left that day, and I was like, "I got to go by the ring." <laughs> so it went from <laughs> it literally. It, oh my gosh! It literally yes. went from. Me not wanting to, like, like call it quits. Really, I wanted to call it yeah, quits. Yeah, yeah. To to like, let God laid it on my heart to text, "I love you." Her telling me to come over. I <sighs> thought she was done with me. She thought I was done with yeah. her. And for her wow. cooking me a meal was the first time. That's when I found out she didn't <laughs> cook. I said, "You cook this?" Uh, <laughs> and 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 then me like God just like man like you guys have gotten through so much. And with my help, that should be enough evidence to show you that I have you guys. I have you guys. So go buy the ring. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I went and bought the ring and proposed to her, what, two and a half weeks later? So Yeah. Well, I mean, this is so amazing because it's not like relationships are easy. No matter what struggle you're facing, you're going to face some sort of struggle, mountain, whatever you want to call it within a relationship together. And so I think it's so important, even in this case that you had that disciple are speaking into you, reminding you like, Hey, this is what so many things that Christ has done for you. I like, unless this is like truly unhealthy in so many elements, like you keep going after this, you keep pursuing it. You don't just run away when things get hard. And I think within dating, it's a lot easier to be like, uh, nope, this one fight, one conflict, this is a mountain too much for me. But if we keep doing that and we're in a culture where that's really easy to do, you know, consumeristic culture, we just drop it and onto the next. But I think that we're missing out on building endurance and truly fighting for loving somebody the way Christ loves us and showing them like, we will not give up on you. And, and of course there's the balance of like, yeah, if your relationship is really toxic or, you know, I mean, we're not that, that I've done plenty of episodes on toxic relationships. So we're not, you guys can go back and listen to some of those, but for this point of this conversation and dealing and dating with somebody who has a sexual past or a past that's different from yours. And especially if that past in this case is somebody who is same sex attracted or is still struggling with that. Like, what does it look like to really try to give them the same grace that God has given you and look at them the way and try your very best to look at them the way that God looks at them. And yes, there will be struggles. Your relationship will have unique struggles. Mm -hmm. But even when you were bringing this up, Preston, about Jackie's past and with men, I'm like, man, Like that's been so much of my past. I didn't have very many good male examples. And therefore my thing in my relationships are always like, are you, do you really mean that? Are you, are you really going to stay? Are you going to hurt me? Are you going to, is this fake? Like those are my fears as well because of my past that 
I've still to this day have to work through some of those layers in intimacy Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm in a relationship. And so, you know, I pray that the man I end up marrying has that kind of patience for me as well to continue to pursue me, even when those fears come up, because I'm committed to working through them. But I know that some of that is going to be there, you know, because vice versa. Yes. Yes. Like, man, like Jackie, we, we, we often, we often joke about how I had to deal with so many of her, her fears and her past coming up and I had to, you know, be, be patient. And then when Jackie started to go to therapy or whatever, and, you know, she started to get better, uh, a lot of my stuff started coming up, you know, cause I, I, I had to be, I had to be so strong you know, um, and so, you know, always emotionally, like, not, not saying that she was emotionally unstable, like an unstable person, because she, she, she's not, but I'm saying, like, I had to, like, I had to, I had to be consistent, you know, and how I, how I, how I show love to her, because she was so afraid of a man hurting her, and, you know, and when, when she started to get better, I started to let my guard down, but in letting my guard down, a lot of my crap start coming up and my childhood <laughs> trauma and my childhood issues. And even, even, like, even, wait to, a second. Yeah. Even What's to that? be all the way honest, even the way, even the way I interpreted sexual sin, like not sexual sin, sexual intimacy. Like, like, like to me, I had to, I had to realize that man being with multiple women, women, I had learned in this in therapy, it was safe for me. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was safe. It was like women, women and, and, and multiple women had to confirm who I was cause I didn't know who I was. And so I looked for sexual intimacy as identity and purpose. And when I didn't have that, I could only do that, you know, be that for one woman, you know, my, you know, I, I wasn't as secure and like my culture, my society had taught me like, man, to be a man, you got to, you know, you gotta make as many women love you as possible. Like I was, I was taught wrong things growing up, and so you know, a lot of that manifested itself in my marriage. And so I had to go to therapy, and I had to wrestle through. And Jackie had to be patient with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like like you said before, like we all have issues. You know, we all was born into this fallen world. You know, and this fallen world has give, given us a lot of misinformation about ourselves and God, you know, and so be patient with one another, you know. Oh my gosh, Preston, this is so good. I think this, uh, I just, I love your story. I love that you're willing to go there with me today and talking about your relationship with Jackie and just how you've been able to cultivate such beauty. Um, and you guys are like literally on fire for God, on mission for God together, compliment one another so well, of course, not without its challenges, but I just, what a testimony. And I, I hope and pray that people listening, that are, you know, considering being in this kind of a relationship that this just encourages them. Or if they've never dated somebody who has struggled with being same-sex attracted, which by the way, I think there's a lot of people out there that that really are struggling that just need a safe place to land where they share like, Hey, this is a struggle I've dealt with, or it's been a temptation of mine. Like, can we just respond with like, wow, I thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'd love to know how I can come alongside of you um, in this versus like, oh my gosh, what? Like, yeah. And I'm never going to date you and blah, blah, blah. And maybe we're not saying that to them, but that's yeah. our internal reaction. And yeah. maybe it protrudes outwardly through our actions, you know? Yeah. So I think it's so beautiful too. And hopefully this is encouraging people to just even there 
have a different posture and approach and to challenge themselves with who they might be willing to consider dating and partnering with. Yeah, um, that's good. Preston, our, our, the last question that every guest gets asked, so you're going to be quickly asked is just what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? My final, I guess my final advice uh, is that marriage is uh, every relationship romantically. Uh, I think their goal should be, you know, marriage and marriage mm-hmm. was created for glory. And um, to ultimately, you know, like to be in love and all of those things are great. Uh, but it's ultimately for God's glory. And I think for anybody out there who want to get married, I think, or for the people who are married, just remember that if God gave us a spouse that met our every condition, we would never learn how to love unconditionally. So to know that a lot of ways that God wants to sanctify us and to conform us into the image of his son, and he will do that in a lot of ways through marriage. And if we run away from things, because we deem them as too hard, man, we might be running away from a lot of beauty and a lot of a lot of glory that God can give from our lives. And so don't go into any situation where you feel like God would not be pleased. But if you seek if you can see God getting glory out of it, don't run away just because it's too hard for you. Because if God can get glory out of it, it's not too hard for him. You know, and 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 he can do it. And so um, that's my challenge um, to just men and women, you know, uh, that if God gave us a spouse that met our every condition, we would never learn how to love our condition. Wow. Wow. I love that. Oh, my gosh. That's so good and so challenging. Uh, Preston, if people want to um, connect to you and find out what you're up to and all the epic things you got going on, what do you have going on and how can they connect with you? <laughs> oh, man, you can connect with me on uh, my Instagram, Preston underscore in underscore Perry. That's Preston underscore in underscore Perry. That's on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel called Apologetics for Preston Perry. You can go in there and see me engaging with different worldviews like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Hebrew Israelites, atheists, agnostics. Um, I also have a podcast with my wife, 30 Minutes with the Perrys. We're on all you know podcast platforms. We also have a YouTube channel called With the Perrys. And I'm also writing a book about how to engage with different worldviews. Yeah. Uh, other than that, my life is pretty boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just a lot of things going on. No, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Preston, this has been a truly such a joy. Thank you for sharing your heart, your story, and letting us into this part. I think it was so challenging. I mean, I just wrote that down. If God gave us... Uh, someone who met all of our conditions. We'd never learn to love unconditionally. That, I mean, I think that sums up so much of what we talked about today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Be, yeah. you know, and and to really let that sink into your hearts and souls today is everyone. Preston, thank you. And we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, God bless you. Oh my word. I love Preston. I love his heart. He loves Jesus. And I just love how he approached Jackie and I love how he saw her. There's so much we can learn from that, you guys. I think we often put sexual sin and specifically homosexual sin on this pedestal saying it is greater than any other sin. And that's just not how Jesus sees it. It's not what he came here to teach. And yet we are Christians sitting here slamming people down because that is what they struggle with. Instead of seeking to understand their story, 
showering them with love and grace and compassion and empathy and having humility when we don't understand what they're going through or have been through. I hope after today, you will be more considerate and more open-minded when you come across someone you're dating and they say they are same-sex attracted or struggled with that in the past. All right, y'all, that's it for this conversation with Preston. I can't wait for next week as we continue our series with the LGBTQ plus community and the church. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.